Well, good morning. It is good to be together today. It is a beautiful day to get into God's Word and to be uh, in this place together as we worship God. And uh, I am excited to get into this topic with you today. And in fact, I've, I've been excited about this entire sermon series. I love that we're taking time to look at what matters to God's heart. Those things that matter to God's heart should matter to ours, right? And so we've looked at a couple of different things so far as we've begun this series. We've looked at eternity matters. We've uh, unpacked the idea of relationships matter to God. Last week, Pastor Andy did a phenomenal job of preaching on generosity matters to God because God is so generous to us. Just what we got done singing about, right? God is generous to us. Amen? Amen. God is generous. And I want to say uh, over this whole series, if I were to try to boil it down, there are two things, I believe two things at the center of it all, the foundation that really matter to God's heart. The first of those two things is this, you. You matter to God. In fact, you matter so much that God was willing to send his very best, to send his son to live and die and rise again. He entered into your mess and mine. He took your sins and mine to the cross. He rose victorious over sin and death, and he has given us that beautiful gift of eternal life. That is how much you matter. And because we matter to God, we play a huge role in the second thing that matters deeply to God's heart, and that is this. Those who don't yet know Jesus, they matter. That's why it's so critical that we talk about all of these things that matter to God as we talk about them because the mission is critical. The mission matters. It is, as we say in our mission statement here, that we love God, love others, and share Christ. That is that just matters to God because people who don't know Jesus yet matter. I'm going to talk about both of those, but let's begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time together. I pray that you would bless us. Guide us by your Holy Spirit. Grow us as your people. Allow us to give back to you as an act of worship, but also in a way to reach more people with the love of Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray that you would guide and bless us in this time together. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to share with you a powerful illustration uh, when I think about giving. A powerful illustration that struck me when I was in Israel this last January. And in the Holy Lands, there are really two main bodies of water. There's the Sea of Galilee and there is the Dead Sea. And they're both fed by the Jordan River. Now, what's the difference? Well, the difference is, is that the Sea of Galilee, here's a picture, is fed by the Jordan. And, and not only is it fed fresh water, but it also gives fresh water out. And in that sea, it's teeming with life. There are fish, there are plants. It is absolutely beautiful. Well, that life-giving water that flows out of the Sea of Galilee is carried by the Jordan River and it goes all the way down to the Dead Sea. Now, the Dead Sea receives fresh water, but it gives nothing out. 
And because it gives nothing out, it is so dense with salt and other minerals and impurities that it cannot sustain life. Hence, the Dead Sea. And I thought about this illustration, especially today, and I thought, you know what? You and I have received. You and I are so blessed. God is so generous to us. And receiving is beautiful. But true joy and abundant life is found in giving. You see, that's how God designed us. The world would have you and I believe that the greatest form of happiness is what we receive. But when we get into God's word, the truth and the greatest joy and the most abundant life is found in what we give. I mean, there is great joy and generosity. Again, Pastor Andy preached an amazing message on that last week. Well, today I want to take that topic of generosity from last week and and unpack it a little further. I want to impact something very important. It's a spiritual discipline of giving. And it, it is rooted in generosity, and it's called tithing. Now, now, now stick with me here. I know that it's a, turned you off, Pastor. Got it. Now, I want you, I'm excited to unpack this with you. In fact, I would love to jump to the why. Why tithing is so important, and we'll get there. But first, let me just do a little teaching time with you because tithe or the word tithing is a church word. I don't know if it's always really understood. And so, again, let's just a basic definition. Tithing means 10%. And yes, it deals with the topic of money. But as a spiritual discipline, which it is, it's really not about money. It's about the heart. It's about a heart of gratitude It's about a heart that trusts in God Almighty. Now, I thought about this in two sermons and in two weeks, one on generosity, one on tithing, and some might ask, why are we talking about that right now, Pastor? I mean, the economy is struggling. I mean, there's a lot of tension. Uh, Prices are soaring. There's a lot of demands. There's a lot of uncertainty. Why talk about it now? Well, I think it's easy because God is generous. And we are created in God's image. It's important to talk about because God cares about your heart and mine. He wants them to be healthy. And because through generosity, through giving back to him, we experience, as I said just a moment ago, the joy. We experience the abundant life that God intends us to have. And here's one more piece to it. Through generosity, God allows us to bring that life to others. You see, from the very beginning, there's a truth that God's people have always known, and I hope it's known here in this room too, that 100% of everything we have belongs to him already. You see, you and I are not owners. We are stewards of God's stuff. You see, again, you think about this. God established the tithe he said, back, go all the way back into the Old Testament, and he said, I want my people to bring in 10% of their crops or 10% of their income and bring it to the temple, or we'd say into the church today. It's, it's an act of worship, and it's motivated by hearts filled with gratitude and joy. It is an act of worship, worshiping God alone, and secondarily, the tithe also makes sure the church has the necessary resources to carry out the mission, the mission of reaching more people for Jesus. 
But you know, there's been some misunderstandings of the tithe too. And I want to dispel just a few of those with you this morning here. What is the tithe not? What is it? Well, the tithe is not church dues. It's not like a membership. It's not a tax. It's certainly not a way to try to pay back God. It's not a way to earn his love. You're not going to earn a better place in heaven. And the tithe is not intended to be motivated by guilt or, or manipulation. In fact, the Apostle Paul says this, and I love these words from 2 Corinthians. And he's talking about giving. He says, the point is this, that you know, whoever sows sparingly reaps sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully reaps bountifully. But look at this last part of it. He says, each one must give as he has decided where? In his heart. Not reluctantly, not under compulsion, for God loves what? A cheerful giver. The giving is a joy. The giving is an act of worship. And in fact, when we think about the tithe, it is supposed to be our first fruits. In other words, we bring our best to God, not our leftovers. You know, this provides an opportunity for us to trust in him. To trust that God's going to provide for all our other needs in the 90% that he allows us to keep. It also helps us, and again, Pastor Andy said this really well last week. It helps us avoid the temptation to put anything else on the throne of our heart. It allows us to worship him alone, and God promises to bless us. Again, the heart of tithing isn't about money. It's about the heart. It is also, as I've said, an act of worship, an act of trust. It's allowing God to fill us with life and gratitude and joy for all of his blessings. It's about keeping him first in every aspect of our lives. I chose the reading from Nehemiah. You might be wondering, why did we hear from Nehemiah when we're talking about tithing? And I chose this very specifically because it is a beautiful example of God's people coming together, giving sacrificially, working together to accomplish the mission. Here's the story. If you're not familiar with Nehemiah, the people of God have just returned from slavery in Babylon. And under Nehemiah's leadership, they rebuild the walls around Jerusalem. It's an impossible task for any one person or even a small group of people to do. But everyone participates. Everyone worked together. Everyone gave sacrificially. And they finished the job so quickly that it astonished their enemies and it put fear in their hearts because they knew God was on their side. The reading that we heard Amy read a moment ago is after the wall is finished, the people of God gather for worship just as we are gathered here today. And it is a prayer. It's a prayer of praise and thanksgiving for all of his blessings. In that prayer, if you read on, they acknowledge, God, you own it all. And we thank you for filling our lives. You see, when we trust God enough to tithe, to bring our first fruits to him, we worship him. We praise him for all of the blessings we have received. Our gifts flow out of gratitude. They flow out of joy, not out of guilt. And I think when we come together, we also put fear in the enemy's heart because he knows that God is on our side. So first and foremost, the tithe is an act of worship. It comes from the heart. But the second beautiful why 
behind tithing is so that the mission of the church continues to flourish. I chose the second reading, Paul's letter to Timothy, again because it brings front and center not only what matters to God's heart, but what pains God's heart every day. And that is lost people. In fact, he says, this is good that we're gathered. This is good. It is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires what? All people. All people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God desires that. That's what matters to his heart. He desires all people to be saved, but I'll tell you what, God doesn't force people to believe in him or love him. He doesn't treat people like robots. In fact, he's given you, he's given us, he's given all people a free will. And sadly, many people use that free will to chase other gods. So what is God's answer? It's the church. It's you. It's me. In fact, I'll put it this way. We have been entrusted with the sacred responsibility to bring the sweet gospel message of Jesus into the ears and into the hearts of more people. You see, when we join together in our tithes, in our time, when we use our God-given talents, I'll tell you what, friends, we make a difference in this community and in this world for eternity. Here at Messiah, think about it, the tithes that you bring in. Our tithes are an amazing resource that allow all of our church workers here, it it supports all of our church workers, it supports the buildings that we gather in and grow in, it allows us to focus on our divine responsibility and calling to equip the saints. We are able to grow closer in our relationship with Jesus, we are able to gather in fellowship and worship, and then we are inspired to go and share that good news with others. In fact, our our newly uh, refined vision statement for our Messiah family is this. And just say it with me, if you will. Messiah is a family of believers who desire to be more like Christ, joyfully sharing him with others. That, my friends, is you. That's us. Carrying out this vision requires all of God's people requires us to come together, to be generous with our time, to be generous with our God-given talents, to be generous with our tithes as we work together so that more people will know Jesus. But it's not just about you and I here today, friends. It's about the generations that follow. I love the statement again. Pastor Andy had a slide last week and I'm gonna share it again with you. I love this because it fits so well today. And what I read in this is if we, if, if God doesn't shape the hearts of our children when it comes to generosity and tithing, then the world will. And I guarantee you when it does it, it won't be about generosity. You see, we are joining Jesus on his mission today. And I want you to hear this clearly. The generations that follow are gonna rise up to that same calling. The spiritual disciplines that we embrace today, like tithing, how we resource ministry today will directly impact how they step up in their day, long after a lot of us are gonna be already celebrating with Jesus in heaven. When it comes to 
to equipping our family, when it comes to educating our family. I wanna use a, a cute video that I believe uh, just is a, a help maybe to you parents and to grandparents and to all of us from our friends, the skit guys, when it comes to tithing, I think they say it really well. Direct your attention to the screens. Okay, maybe we need to go over this one more time. Do we have to? Well, sweetie, I don't know if you're getting a good grasp of the ratios here. Fine. Okay, all right, step by step. Before we spend any money, what's the first thing that we do? Give to God. Good, and why do we do that? Because he first loved and gave to us. Good, 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 good. Okay, great. Now the second jar here is for so many different things. Hold on. What? God lives in heaven, right? Yeah, he lives in heaven. And heaven has streets paved with gold, right? Streets paved with gold, sure, yes. So why does he need my money if I don't even have a job? <laughs> okay, all right, so good question. So basically when we give to God, we're, we're giving to the church. So the church gives the money to God? No, the church keeps the money. Oh, does God know about this? <laughs> yes, he uh, basically built the system, yeah. Okay, good. Okay. See, sweetie, as you grow up, there is nothing better than giving back to God. In the Bible, it's the only place God says, test me on this. When it comes to your money, he says, test me. It's almost like he's saying, I dare you. And your mom and I, we do just that. Even when things are tough... We always give the first part of our money back to God. And then the church takes that money and does all kinds of things to make God famous, uh, like camps and mission trips and even VBS that you love so much, and even helps out people that are in need. You can't outgive God. And when God says test him and you do it, he will come through every single time. Okay, Dad, I get it. I do have one question, though. Okay. Why do we need to test God if he already knows all the answers? That's, that's good. Let me just retrace my steps here, just for a minute. How we bring up the next generation matters. I want to leave you with a question. Can we trust God enough to tithe? If you're currently tithing, thank you for that act of worship. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your partnership in carrying out the ministry God has given us to do. If you're not, you're maybe not sure where to start, let me just encourage you to do something. Just pray. Ask God to place it upon your heart what you and your family or you individually should do consistently. And again, maybe it starts with 1%. Maybe God has blessed you to go way beyond 10%. Whether it's the widow's might or whether it's a large sum, every gift given from the heart is an equal act of worship. 
and is an equal blessing to the mission of God's church. You see, God cares about your heart. He cares about mine so much that he gave not 10%. God gave 100%. Gave his very best to win for us amazing grace and eternal life through Jesus. I want to finish today by going back to Nehemiah. I want to go back and and pray that prayer together that Amy read for you because it was the people gathered in worship just as you and I are gathered in worship and we have the opportunity to acknowledge God for all of his blessings, all of the joy of the way he cares for us each and every day. So I'm going to put this on the screen. I'll do the pastor part just as the priest did in that day and you get to just pray this prayer with me. It'll be our closing prayer. So I will say stand up and let's bless the Lord your God from everlasting to everlasting. Pray with me. Blessed be your glorious name which is exalted above all blessing and praise. You are the Lord, you alone. You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them, and you preserve all of them, and the host of heaven worships you. Amen, amen.